It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. On yesterday's podcast, we talked about the potential downsides of a Kevin Durant trade. Well, today we're going to go to the exact opposite end of the spectrum and talk about why the Raptors should be going all in and doing whatever it takes to get Kevin freaking Durant on the team. And we're going to talk about it with William Liu of the Raptors show. That's all coming up today. We'll also get some thoughts on the Raptors offseason as a whole. Otto Porter bringing back Thad Young and Chris Boucher. That's all coming up with Will today on Locked on Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1210 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, July the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, review the podcast, and all your favorite podcast apps for free. We're also on YouTube. You can go subscribe over there, hit the big red subscribe button. It's free to do as well, and it's the best way to support the show. And thanks to all the new folks who have hopped on in the last couple days here. KD is good for business, as it turns out. Uh, and no one knows that better than today's guest, who is, of course, William Liu of The Raptor Show. On today's show, Will and I are going to talk about everything going on with KD and sort of the idea that the Raptors should maybe just decide to go all in, the argument in favor of just pulling the trigger on whatever Kevin Durant deal is necessary. We'll get to that in a sec, but first a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Arcade 1UP and Locked On Raptors is partnering with Arcade 1UP to give away three free NBA Jam Shack Edition machines. That's right, three of them are available. They're known for making incredible retro three-quarter scale home arcade games like Pac-Man, Golden Tee, and more. Enter to win at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on for your chance to win one more on them a little bit later on. And now let's get to it. Will, how's it going, pal? It's uh, It's been a little while since we chatted. One of the OG guests of the show. It's lovely to have you back. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of opportunities to talk about the Raptors, so I'm really, <laughs> I'm really relishing this chance to talk about the prospect of the Raptors getting Kevin Durant. Yeah, <clears throat> it's something I've never talked territory. about. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm, it's, it's mm-hmm, something yeah. that we've not thought about constantly for six days or whatever it's been. Uh, I appreciate you coming to hang out. I know. Uh, you know, I think you and I both know the daily grind of talking about a thing can get laborious. So it's nice to bring in a pal to talk about the same thing again with. Uh, but that's what we're doing. It's Kevin Durant week here on the show. We've got, you know, on Monday we talked about the rising Vegas odds and the sort of different iterations of deals that could work for the Raptors. Yesterday we talked about the argument against trading for KD with KD Heindel. Tomorrow we got a crossover with Locked On Nets. It's, uh, it's KD week all, all, all week here. But today we're going to talk about, like I said, the idea that maybe the Raptors should just pull the trigger on whatever the hell the Nets want and just say, screw it, we're, we're going to go all in and try to get Kevin Durant on the team by any means necessary, which includes Scotty Barnes potentially going out, which includes all of the picks potentially going out. Pascal Siaka would be an emotional hit, I think, for a lot of people. Will, where are you right now in terms of like your desire to see the Raptors just say, screw it, whatever it takes, Brooklyn, let's do it, get Kevin Durant on the Raptors? Yeah, I mean, like, whatever it takes is is probably too much, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I would very much have a serious conversation with the Nets, and depending on how good the Nets are in negotiating, and also really depending on what the rest of the league is offering at this current moment, um, yeah. then you have to really decide if you're going to do some one of those two moves that you mentioned, which is to put in Pascal or to put in Scotty. I don't mm-hmm. think under any circumstances you put in both of those guys. And obviously, between the two of those guys, you have a hard decision because Pascal is the more... If you're going to get Kevin Durant, Pascal Siakam is much more uh, immediately available to contribute towards a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, Scotty Barnes has much more long-term value. Um, but I think if, it, if push came to shove, I think you do include those guys in a conversation for Kevin Durant. And... I know that's like heartbreaking to people. It really is. But then again, <laughs> it's Kevin Durant. I don't understand like the 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 constant the constant like hand wringing over this is like people are trying to find the reasons to talk themselves out of Kevin Durant. 
who is not declining, who is not like you might say he's injury prone. He's really missed some time. I, I get it, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when he plays, he's Kevin Durant, man. Like, I, <laughs> like the argument really. I mean, it could be it could be deeper than that, but it's also not that much deeper than that. Like, we're talking about at at worst a a, a top five all time score, mm-hmm. all time. Yeah, you know. What I'm so, like, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm not saying like let's do this, but. <laughs> you know, you have to have a really serious conversation if you truly want him. And it's not going to be some sort of like, I mean, if it is OG plus Gary plus some picks, then of course we're going to build Masai a shrine. Or I mean, uh-huh. honestly, even even if it's <laughs> even if it's a little bit above that, I think we still build him a shrine. But like, I mean, yeah, we're talking about like at worst a top five player in the NBA right now. And it, even, you know, if he wants out after a few years, which is a, kind of a hypothetical that I guess we could discuss. If you're negative about it, you might say, well, Kevin Durant always wants out, whatever. It's like, fine. He's on a four-year contract. So if you do end up trading him, you will recoup like at least, let's say you trade him two years from now, you recoup like 70% of the assets you, you send getting out. You're not going to mm-hmm. get someone as good as Pascal. You're not getting someone as good as Scotty. At that point, but you could definitely get a whole bunch of picks and and essentially, and you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose him for nothing unless he retires or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I'm 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 very much in the bag for Kevin. <laughs> I mean, I think it's where Scotty comes in that I start to get a little queasy just because it is trading yep. off for a potential like three year window with KD in exchange for whatever Scotty Barnes' prime can be. And we don't know what it's going to be. Like, he, there's a world in which Scotty Barnes is not what we dream him to be, right? Like, there's a world in which he caps out as, like, a top 20 player or something like that, which is still great. Mm-hmm. But there's a world in which you look back five, six years from now and think, damn, imagine they traded him for Kevin Durant. Like, that's on the table. As much as we're all <laughs> certain Scotty Barnes is going to be incredible... These yeah. things are not guaranteed, and becoming one of the 10 best players alive is a very difficult thing to do. You know, I think the reason people don't want to move on from Scotty is because of that potential top 10 status that he probably has if things go accordingly here, but none of that's a sure thing. Kevin Durant is a sure thing. He's really, really, as you said, he's Kevin freaking Durant. Like, it's just, it's it's hard to get around that very clear and obvious fact. Mm-hmm. You know... So I put up some poll questions yesterday for the Lockdown Raptors YouTube people uh, and just to sort of give the three sort of doors that seem to exist. Door number one is Scotty is sort of the main piece of the trade. Picks whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you go in on that? You know, 150 votes. 10% of people said yes. 90% of people said no. I actually kind of understand that. Scotty Barnes is I totally incredible. understand that. Yeah. Uh, door number two was, do you trade Pascal and say like three first rounders for Kevin Durant? It's literally 51-49, like split right down the middle, um, which I think also makes sense. And then door three is, would you trade Gary Trent Jr., OG, and all the picks for Kevin Durant? And only 69% of people said yes. 31% of people need to get their heads checked. Uh <laughs> Explain the feeling of anguish that is clearly on your face right now as you double face palm yourself. <laughs> I don't know how many times I gotta say this. It's Kevin Durant, man. <laughs> if if it only costs you that, I, I know everyone loves Gary. I know everyone loves OG. Mm-hmm. If it only costs you that to get Kevin Durant, you hundred percent do it. In fact, if he the Masai somehow turns down that offer. We need to start a petition to fire Masai if that doesn't get <laughs> traded. I'm serious, like it. At that point, yeah. I mean, that, that's like buying a house in Toronto for like 
a hundred thousand dollars okay like <laughs> it doesn't even matter what's in that house you just you, even the land itself is worth it so uh-huh. no, yeah, i mean i, I don't even think that that that's not enough i think there will be another trade that that comes that that will get a better player or even just some sort of pick compensation that's better than that yeah um i i think the the first two that you mentioned are probably the most realistic i understand why people are really split on the pascal thing i think for me if you are trading for Kevin Durant, like you probably want your most championship ready players. And Pascal is a championship proven number two option. In fact, yeah. he's actually much better than he was the year that he won the championship. Him and KD fit set. so well together in theory. Like Absolutely. It's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. It might be, honestly, if, if the Raptors were able to make this trade and had Kevin Durant and Pascal Siakam, that might be the best one-two pairing in the league right now. Yep. Yeah. Like, again, people just have to, like, think, like, not even broaden their minds. You're just like, it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> and I'm not trying to insult people. I'm just trying to say, like, it, you, there's no reason you would say, like, oh, these two quality starters for Kevin Durant. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so that's the Pascal argument. I think, ideally, you should be doing as much as possible to keep those two guys together. The thing with including Scotty Barnes in the trade is that it wouldn't just be Scotty Barnes. And that's where you get into yeah. a territory. It's like... Well, because you need at least $35 million worth of contracts, no matter what, even if it's a three-team deal, whatever, the Raptors will have to surrender $35 million worth of contracts at minimum. And that's just straight mm-hmm. up for Kevin Durant. If they receive anyone else, they got to re- uh, send out even more money. Scotty Barnes only makes $7 million next year. Um, mm-hmm. So you need to send out an additional $28 million. And, of course, you can, like, you could – put in some other pieces, you know, I mean, Thad Young's deal apparently is is an extension, so apparently you can trade him already, although it would really be just a big F you to Thad Young, a very oh, quality vet, just, yeah, to be like, hey, man, we just signed you, but, like, you know, we're, we're moving you back to Brooklyn, and enjoy. Yeah, go share the, the go share the four with Ben Simmons, have fun, yeah. <laughs> go, yeah, you, you just signed the contract, now you're going to go to Sean Marks and ask for a buyout, right? <laughs> but I mean, like, look, whatever, like worst case scenario, maybe you can do that. But even if you do that, you got to put in, you know, Ken Birch. The thing is, all those salaries are fine. You're going to have to include OG or Gary at minimum. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, you're looking at, well, I'm probably just giving up too much, period. Like if it was just Scotty for Kevin Durant and contracts didn't matter, you probably have a much more easier conversation about this. But just because of the extras that you need to add for salary, that's the part for Scotty where it's just like, at that point, is the deal fully worth it, right? So mm-hmm. that's where it gets really, really tough to make this trade. And of course, I'm sure from the Raptors side, they're probably trying to p- sell them on OG plus Gary plus picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were the Nets, I wouldn't be in a rush to accept that deal because that deal sure. will be on the table from now until the end of time. <laughs> um, so like they should try to scour the rest of the league for, for, for better, uh, packages, but I also don't think that this thing is going to be something that happens that quickly. And that's not like any sort of like specific in, in, inside information. Cause God knows podcasters don't have any of that, but <laughs> you have to just look at the overall situation. Like we're talking about the nets who are definitely in trade conversations for KD, definitely yeah. in trade conversations for Kyrie. And depending on what they want back from those two guys, they're probably also in trade conversations for Ben Simmons as well, just to be able to receive certain players yeah. uh, in return. That's a lot to move, man. You know? So I, I just think that even just like from a um, logistical standpoint, in terms of how many hours in a day are there uh, in terms of Sean Marks being on the phone and the rest of the front office evaluating everything, like there's just so much happening for them at once that it's probably going to take more than like two days, three days. 
<laughs> but that, that's not going to stop anyone from like refreshing and, and trying to get as much uh you know content out of this as possible so oh no give me those Woj uh 45 second clips talking about the Raptors yes. being the obvious easy pairing i'll do that all day give me, please give me public posturing please <laughs> yeah. i need public posturing, i'm a little piggy man. feed me at the trough uh <laughs> yes. yeah <laughs> yes. i i do want to sort of expand upon the og trent idea in the next segment because I put out the idea yesterday, and I talked about this a little bit on Monday's podcast with Vivek, but I think I've grown even more sort of staunch, and this is maybe the way you get it done. I want to talk about the precious Achua of it all and whether he could potentially be a bit of a, be a, bit of a sleeper addition in a deal to get things moving here. We're going to come up mm. with that in just a sec. I also want to talk about KD and just sort of like the personality argument, and that seems to be something that Raptors fans are a little concerned about. We'll talk about that too. But before that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Arcade 1UP. Boom shakalaka. We have big news. The only, the one, the only NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1UP is the leader in at-home retro arcade games, and it's not only bringing you the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever with a wait for it shack edition machine we all love nba jam in these parts it's the most fun sports game there ever was it laid the groundwork for all the fun sports games you ever played afterwards and it's the reason why i don't like like madden or any realistic sports games because they don't have explosions or fire or anything fun like they have at nba jam no fouls no free throws and no quarters require required Plus, you can compete with friends and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, which is super fun. Pre-order now from Arcade1Up.com. That's Arcade1Up.com for an estimated early September ship date. Arcade1Up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics as well, like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and many others starting at just $399. What a great gift idea this is. Check it out. They're also giving it away an NBA Jam Shack Edition machine that is three of them, to be exact, to Locked On listeners. Enter for a chance to win a game console for whichever room your house you want to stick it in put it in your office your bedroom your living room your kitchen bathroom put it in the shower who cares if the nba jam you'll want to play it no matter where you are at arcade1up.com slash locked on that's arcade the number one up.com.com slash locked on you've got till july 8th to enter to win your nba jam shack edition console don't miss out and enter today hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience what if the seahawks let marshawn run on the one yard line with the super bowl on the line or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in chicago michael in la and made charles barkley the first black president Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. And we continue on your first listen of the day here with Will Lou of the Raptors show on Sportsnet 590. The fan, uh, a man who once recorded a podcast with me at my kitchen table in my uh, Christy Pitts apartment. What? What? Oh, look at us, Will. Look at us uh, <laughs> doing the exact same thing, just a little further apart. Um so just pick up on the idea of like the Gary Trent Jr. OG package, which is what people seem to be rooting for. And honestly, 
based on what the market is, the fact that the DeAndre Ayton thing is very difficult to work with the hard cap and base your compensation and all of that, muddying up what the Suns offer can be, the fact that the Heat honestly have nothing to offer, and I can't believe we keep talking about the Heat as a potential landing spot for KD. How good do we think Tyler Hero actually is? Duncan Robinson is negative value at this point. Stop it. It's ridiculous. Uh, mm -hmm. There's the Pelicans, I guess, that are in there who could potentially make a move, but maybe they just want to ride with what they've got. And maybe because they've signed Zion Williamson, they don't have that big blue tripper to send back to the Nets. So I kind of think there's a world in which that OG package is kind of the best one that the Nets are going to get. But I put out yesterday the idea of Precious Achua being like a sweetener to a KD deal to make that package work, to keep pa Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam out of the potential offer for KD. And I got a little pushback being like, oh no, the depth would be hurt too much. I, I really, really hate when depth is brought up as like a concern. They'll figure it out. Uh, what are your thoughts on Precious Achua as a potential sweetener? Does it take away too much defensive equity from the team? Does it make them too thin? Like it leaves you with a, you know, a big four of Fred, Scotty, Pascal, and KD with Boucher, Thad, Otto Porter, whoever else you want off the bench. It is a little thin, but also Kevin Durant's on your team in that situation, which again, should not be underrated. He's really, really good at basketball. Yeah, I mean, I would try to make the conversation about, do you want Precious Achua or do you want another pick? Right. I would try to sell them on another pick just because... I mean, look, I, I think there is some merit to that because you are taking away three rotation players at that point, which is fine. Again, it's Kevin Durant, but I would try to say to the Nets, would you rather have this or like a 2029 first round pick when you have no idea? Maybe the Raptors are bad at that point, right? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, because I think honestly, you make that trade, if you're trading OG and Gary out, like I think Precious has a really good chance to be starting for that team. And mm -hmm. so the way I'm looking at it is almost you're trading three starters for, for Kevin. And I think that the whole idea of trading form is that you need to have enough left over. And I think if you do trade OG, like the natural replacement for what he does is probably precious. Now precious is not as good as OG right now. Definitely sure. not the same level of three point shooter, but defensively he's there in terms of rebounding. He's there in terms of serving that three and D role. He's there being able to guard some bigs and stuff like that. Obviously he's has that, as an advantage over OG. OG's probably better at guarding wings and stuff. But still, I, I think you need to hold on to um, Precious. But again, if the Nets say there's no deal unless Precious is involved, I'm sorry, man. It's Kevin Durant. Again, like, mm -hmm. there's just there's just <laughs> the singular gravity of how good Kevin is. Like, I, I think you need to consider this. And I know people are, like, hesitant for one reason or another, and we'll talk about that. But, like, you have to ask yourself. So the Raptors hold uh method of operation is that they draft players they develop them increase their value to the team while also increasing their skill set so that they have more value as as free agents eventually down the line and get paid more money and they either do that or they trade some of those assets in for disgruntled stars because we know mm -hmm. star players when they're looking at free agency are not looking at the raptors that's why the raptors never operate as a cap team they never really mm -hmm. try to make all that happen they are always in the market to trade for disgruntled stars Kawhi was the classic example now this is not going to be as good of a deal as the Kawhi trade you can't no. always chase that man the Kawhi trade is like an all-time trade right you mm -hmm. get him for pennies on the dollar because he came off of an injury prone year and he was unhappy and he was very clear he wanted to go to the clippers and he did ultimately go to the clippers but, of course, the Raptors swooped in and got him at the right time, and obviously it worked out as the best time of your life. 
Kevin Durant is obviously is asking for a trade and the Nets probably need to trade him. But also at the same time, they have a lot more leverage in the situation. He has four years on his contract. And also Kevin Durant's a better player than Kawhi Leonard. So you need to give up more assets for him. That's okay. But look, the thing is, you know what? If you ultimately don't like the Pascal trade, if you don't like the Scotty Barnes trade, I don't blame you. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I'm totally fine with rolling it back. The thing is, if you are saying no to Kevin Durant, then you have to ask yourself, what would need to be available? Who would need to be available under what circumstances, with how many years on their contract, with what injury history, with how happy they are, with how young they are, all this other stuff, how much team control they have? What would need to happen for you to be willing to make that kind of trade? Because we know that's how the Raptors operate. They only do one of these two things. Um, and if it's if if Kevin Durant with four years on his deal, with no injury right now, is something that you are saying no to, you have to ask yourself as a fan, who would I actually say yes to? Because if it's nobody... It's SGA, then... of course. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I mean, look, I like Shea too, but like, come on, man. Yeah, he's not Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, as we've yeah. discussed. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty well-made point. And honestly, like... I've said this before. I, I think it really does just come to kind of come down to like your philosophy of what you want in the basketball team you watch. And, you know, if you are someone who's okay with having a lower set of title equity and, you know, potential of not winning a title, and you just want to watch good, fun basketball with cool guys who you root for, then yeah, I totally buy the idea of not wanting to go trade for Kevin Durant because bringing in Kevin Durant brings all of the expectation and stakes and heaviness that having a Kevin Durant on your team brings. I also don't think anyone is like looking to not ever feel what they felt in 2019 again. I think I'm a little bit more patient just because like that happened three years ago. I'm still like kind of riding pretty good off of that. Like, you know, I, I don't necessarily need the Raptors to go jump into something right now, but if the price is right, yeah, obviously you trade for Kevin Durant. Um, and maybe even if the price is wrong and it's a little too much, I, I'm curious, like, what you think about the whole, like, locker room stuff with Kevin Durant, because a big concern a lot of folks have, you know, that I've kind of seen just sort of talking about this in various platforms, comments, replies, stuff like that is, well, he's not a leader. He's going to, you know, cause the locker room to sort of fall apart because he does that everywhere he goes. I don't really buy that. Like, he was fine in the Warriors. The Warriors had super team problems that pretty much uh, every super team has, and they still won titles. Yeah, him and Draymond screamed at each other, but I don't think it was, like, obviously it didn't derail them to the point that they couldn't go and win titles or anything like that. When it comes to the Nets, like, yeah, not not great so far, but also he hitched his wagon to Kyrie Irving, who will decidedly not be on the Toronto Raptors if he ends up on the Toronto Raptors. I suppose there's the concern that he wouldn't want to be in Toronto and might agitate for a trade. I just feel like Kevin Durant can't really afford to do that now, just like legacy wise. Maybe he also doesn't care about that stuff. And maybe like you have to sort of weigh that too. Like, does he even care about what the sort of opinion of him is from the outside? Where are you at on the idea of Kevin Durant sort of, you know, being a no-go simply because it might make the vibes a little too dour? Yeah, okay, so number one, none of us know him at all. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's the thing. People are forming their opinions on someone they don't know. Now, based off, obviously, there's lots of reporting. Obviously, he has his own podcast. He's obviously, you know, obviously been on your TV quite a bit. So you know something about him. You have an impression about him, but you really don't know for sure. That's just the one thing that we have to make clear at the the very start of this. Totally. Um, Because this is not like talking about, 
trade value. This is not like talking about like how good a player is. This is just like speculating on who a person is, which we yeah. really don't know. Um, to me, I'm thinking about a couple things. Number one, um, he was a really good teammate in OKC. Yep. He was a really, like, I don't really think he was the source of the problem in Brooklyn. Um, he probably asked for some team control because that's just pretty standard for star players, especially. Yeah, it's Kevin Durant. Of course you do that. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I mean, you, you know, but like, it, it, I don't know if he had like abused, abused it in a way that's like detrimental to your team. Um, if you, if you want to say that he hitched his wagon to Kyrie Irving and that's the way he abused it. I mean, honestly, like any team in the NBA was going to be willing to sign those two guys at that current given time. I would say that a lot of what happened to the Nets this past year or the last couple of years was mostly Kyrie driven. And yeah. that's not to shift the blame. That's also just like he didn't take the vaccine and it really just derailed their whole season. The so front office also handled it terribly as well. Like that was yeah. a total, total. They shouldn't have should brought him back. No, they shouldn't have brought him back. They should have held firm with their line, but whatever. Yeah. Right. It's, it's more Kyrie, I think to me than, than Kevin, just based on all the facts and evidence that, that have come out of that thing. Um, he was a malcontent with the Warriors in the sense that, like, he grew he, – he didn't get what he wanted out of that situation, which is strange to say because he did win two finals MVPs and two championships. Sure. But towards the end of that, the reports are very clear that he just wasn't talking to teammates at a certain point. And, you know, he, he did grow dissatisfied. He didn't really have the personality fit with some of those guys on the team. That's fine. And, like, if he wants to trade down the line, I agree with you. It would be bad for his legacy because, like, if you just look at overall, like, his career for as talented and as honestly as accomplished as he is, it's a little underwhelming to think about if you re-roll the dice on Kevin Durant's entire NBA career. Yeah. I think this might be one of the more underwhelming outcomes, even though he's spectacular. So you definitely want him to land in a good situation. I mean, he could still ask for a trade in the future. You never know. He might just live this life of, like, an NBA mercenary or whatever. But... Like, I think you got to think long-term a little bit in terms of who do you want to go in the Hall of Fame with? Who are the people that are going to be in your corner um, when you retire and stuff like that? And I, I think just like most people would kind of care to some degree about that. Maybe that's not everything, but they would kind of care about it. And, yeah, I mean, it, and again, it, worst case scenario, he asked for another trade. Big deal. You can get a, a huge haul back for <laughs> Kevin Durant because he's on a four-year contract. So unless he's, like, had the most devastating injuries possible – He'll be fine. And by the way, he's come back perfectly fine from yeah. an Achilles tear and a Jones fracture in his foot. Like, those mm -hmm. are two of the absolute worst injuries you can imagine for an NBA player outside of, like, the, the really, like, gruesome, like, Sean Livingston type of injuries. Like, yeah. And and he's shown that he's able to come back from that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like, the, the downside is still fairly limited is, is kind of what I'm trying to say. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah. make this trade, man. Just get it done. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm less concerned about the sort of like personality fit too. Again, you're right. We don't know Kevin Durant and we're drawing all sorts of assumptions, uh, which is mm -hmm. probably unfair. It's kind of what you got to go on when you're sort of theorizing this stuff and it's all part of the game, I suppose. But I also think like if any team has ever been equipped to welcome in a dissatisfied star and make it work uh it's probably the team that did it with Kawhi Leonard under probably even more uncertain circumstances considering his mm -hmm. contract situation the fact that they just traded away DeMar freaking DeRozan to do it and the fact that they were really it seemed one year away from a full-on teardown 
there were plenty of rumblings of discontent that season, and they still managed to kind of make it work. And, you know, I feel like Fred Van Vliet's probably a pretty good guy to have in that room. If they have Pascal Siakam around, it's a pretty good guy to have in that room. Earl Watson seems like a pretty good guy to sort of... Uh, Former know, teammate. On the side. Yeah, good, good dear pal. Uh, why is that? Uh, <laughs> did I do it right? Uh, <laughs> Adrian way. Griffin as well, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think there's lots of infrastructure in place to make it so that you could probably welcome in KD and not have the sort of toxic personality concerns that a lot of folks seem to be concerned about. Again, no Kyrie Irving on the team seems like probably a good way to make it happen. Um, we're going to continue on. We're going to leave the KD stuff for now and just kind of pick Will's brain a little bit on the other offseason stuff for the Raptors. Bring it back Thad, bring it back Boucher, signing Otto Porter. We'll get to that in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. .net, who are your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, and including, of course, Kevin Durant odds. That is the thing everyone's worried about right now. I think the Raptors are currently plus 200 to land Kevin Durant, which is not very good value, I guess, but it does speak to this being very much on the table. So if you want to throw some money down on the Raptors getting Kevin Durant or any other bet, you can go to betonline.net for all your scores, podcasts, injury reports, news, everything you might need to be the informed wager. And they have all your favorite sports and big-time events as well, including MMA, boxing, golf tournaments, Wimbledon. It's all there. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we round out your first listen of the day here with William Liu of the Raptors show. Uh, leaving behind KD talk until tomorrow. We're going to do a crossover with Adam from Locked On Nets, and that'll be a great time. But uh, let's just sort of take a bigger picture of the offseason look here, Will. You know, obviously things are still in limbo. We don't know what the hell the final result is going to be, whether they get Durant or they get Aiton and some sort of weird three-teamer. Uh, you know, that's all still on the table. But as it stands right now, I've kind of made the point that if this is all that happens this offseason, it's kind of perfect and you're totally happy with what's gone down if a KD trade can't materialize. Uh, you know, just bringing back Thad and Boucher, I thought was priority number one. Finding some sort of shooting off the bench, I thought was priority number two. And they got both of those things taken care of. What's your sort of overall grade and view on what the Raptors have done so far this offseason? Yeah, I mean, putting aside the potential of trading for Kevin Durant, this is like um, pretty much the offseason that you expected. I think there were some worry coming into the offseason that Chris Boucher is coming off a really good year um, yep. and I could see some team sort of giving him more term the Raptors ultimately gave him three guaranteed years which is good for both sides the the contract number was slightly higher than the mid-level great deal all around a guy who's hard working wants to come back came back great for your team culture 
you know, Look at you sucking up to Chris Boucher. Unbelievable. Listen, man, all you got to do <laughs> to win my affection as a Raptor fan is just play good basketball and not bite a pump fix. Number two, <laughs> Thad Young coming back on that deal, I think it was really important for them to make a deal that was able to um, create a financial asset. Yeah. And obviously, if there's the other part, too, which is not to dismiss his abilities as a player or his impact on the locker room. All that stuff is really good, and I think he fits the team. He can still play. Um, obviously, has great chemistry. Him and Chris Boucher, by the way, Just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of those backdoor cuts oh, hell yeah. and, and, and the passes and everything like that. The, the great connection last year. The thing is, you wanted to create some sort of like financial flexibility with this because you get into a situation where one of the issues the Lakers have um, not to make everything about the Lakers, is that they don't have any tradable contracts. And yeah. not just like contracts that have value, contracts that have money on them. Um, they're they're literal, if you look at their salary page, it's like Russell Westbrook for 47 million, LeBron for 44 million, and then like uh, AD for like 38 million or something like that. And then after that, it's THD who makes 10, and like everyone else makes the minimum. So it's yeah. really hard to actually add things to your salary. You need to have contracts in your books that's flexible, that's appealing. And on top of that, so not only is that that fulfills that portion but the second year is only guaranteed for a million which makes it now an expiring deal that you can trade around the time of the draft or something like that take on mm -hmm. some salary keep your salary flexible but also at the same time get something in return so just a really good bit of business and then auto porter jr i i don't know how they convinced him to come with just slightly over the taxpayer mid-level i <laughs> i'm really surprised because i thought he was a pretty good free agent i thought the, the warriors would just retain him to be honest but guy who shoots the three really well almost a uh, career 39 percent shooter you needed somebody to be able to capitalize off of kickouts and stuff like that and i don't think he'll be like gunning off the bench in the same way that like cj miles was back in the day but yeah you needed somebody off the bench you can actually shoot and you need some injury insurance for og and Anobi, and you have that so i think it, it fits nicely um obviously you don't have long-term deep control over him but it's he's a he's a, he's a good player to have smart player to have and uh fits the 6-9 identity as well. So there's really nothing to dislike about the offseason. It's exactly kind of what you expected. They got Christian Coloco too, which I thought was a really nice move for them. And uh, yeah, if they get Kevin Durant, then again, we need to build Masai a shrine or a statue or just start like a whole religion over him, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I've made the point that if he ends up pulling off some sort of heist here, he should maybe just retire because it ain't getting better than that. Uh, it would suck for us. Oh, he hasn't got Giannis him. yet, man. Come on. That's true. He's got to get the three greatest uh, small forwards of this generation outside of LeBron. So, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. He's a maniac. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him either. So I, I'm curious. I've kind of theorized about this on the show and i'm curious sort of what your view is because i think there's lots of different sort of visions for what the team can look like next year with the personnel they have what they kind of showed off last year i'm kind of curious now that they have this sort of you know top eight you would figure i would assume we're gonna see at least an opportunity for malachi flynn to like maybe finally at last get some i don't i don't believe in it necessarily but like there's probably gonna be some room there i see you wincing and I don't blame you at all um yeah. you know I would assume we're gonna see Delano Banton or Justin Champagne get some run and, and you know obviously Ken Birch is still hanging around too we always forget about him like oh this kind of serviceable backup center is just like hanging around on the roster yeah. um what's your sort of ideal vision for like the way the team is constructed the hierarchy that we see even like the starting lineups the closing lineups like do you have like a grand vision for what next season should look like because I think because of the sort of maneuverability of the roster and the skill sets and kind of how they overlap and complement one another. I think there's lots of different ways that you can kind of envision what this team looks like and it kind of be the right answer. 
Yeah, um, you know, that's actually the nice thing is that I don't think, if, again, assuming the KD trade doesn't happen and you just keep the roster and then the front office says, what do you mean, KD trade? We didn't do anything. We, we were really happy with that We had no conversations, right? Yeah, that reporting um, was never coming from us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And technically they haven't, right? Yeah, um, true. But, yeah, I think that's one of the nice things. You actually have your, your whole, like, style of play and hierarchy, everything figured out. Yeah. Um, I think that was for the Raptors last year. In addition to Pascal coming back off of injury and missing the start of the season, obviously he was your best player. Um, you just had to figure out role definition for everybody. There was like, I mean, Precious at the start of the year was just like a really, really tough on offense, man. Like, I don't know what he was doing. Chris Boucher was like trying to play like Kevin Durant and, and it was just not working for him. Obviously he took that uh, Boxing Day game against the Cavs where he was like, you know, this is the number one option thing is not cut out for me. I need to be a role player. And it, it obviously turned his career around and he got paid nicely because of it. Um, there was just so much like searching for your role. Spee was playing, Utah was playing, Champagne was playing. Like there was just so much like what's Atalana was playing. Like there was just so much of like what's going on. I think towards the end, of the end of the season, they really figured out what the pecking order is and they really know their style of play. And I think that if they don't make this Kevin deal. They just bring that team back and they hit the ground running. And that's going to be the biggest difference as committed last year. They don't need to figure all this other stuff out. I don't think they changed the starting five. I still like to see a little bit more balance. Like I honestly would love to see Precious get into the starting five and then maybe someone like Gary coming off the bench. But like, it's so hard to sell that to Gary on a contract year for him. Um, Is it after though? A year... Can't you just be like, you're better than Tyler Hero? Go in six man of the year. Like, I, like I don't think that. who wants to who no who's aspiring to win six man of the year though. Like. People you know, with like a gunner's spirit, much like Gary Trent Jr. That is the gunner's award, baby. He'll be like, I could gun with the starting five as well. And I could probably <laughs> get better looks than the starting five. I think it's just like he had a really good year, yeah. better than a, what anyone could have reasonably expected out of Gary last year. And so how are you really going to – I mean, I guess you could sell it to him by just saying you're doing this and I don't care. But He's I don't think you want to sell that relationship. close games in this either. iteration too, I would say. Like if you put him on the bench, he can still close and play 30-plus minutes. Yeah, I know, but like again, you know, you know, players are weird about starting, man. And again, he's young in his career. This is not like asking a veteran to come off the bench or something like that. Like, I think that's a lot easier for guys who have made their money and all that stuff. It's just, I, I would be a hard sell. But I, and I also don't think the upside is like so significant that you would you would sell it to them that effectively. But in any case, though, like the Raptors aren't a good spot, man. Like, I mean, I, I keep going back to this, but like the only team in the calendar year of 2022 in the Eastern Conference that had more wins than the Raptors was the Celtics who had a 24 and three stretch at one point during yeah. that second half of the season. And they finished with one more win than the Raptors, at least in the calendar year of 2022. So like we're talking about January 1st to when the April, when um, the season ended regular yeah. season. So they're in a good spot, man. They just need to continue playing that way. I think they're, they're growing really nicely. And that's probably why most people are well, not most people. Some, a lot of people are very hesitant to make any kind of deal at this current time is because they're, they saw what happened at the second half of last season. They're very in, in, um, intrigued and seduced by it. And they just want to keep seeing it continue. And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that idea specifically, even though I was brought on this podcast specifically to argue for Kevin Durant. Uh, and my case for <laughs> Kevin Durant is that it's Kevin Durant. Uh, he averaged 30 points, seven rebounds and six assists last year with a steal <laughs> and a block. Are you kidding me, man? Oh my god! Yeah. Imagine having Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard on your team in the span of three years. Just, I'm just saying, it's 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 a lot of the table. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, it's Kevin Durant. Uh, I know the title of today's podcast. It's Kevin Durant. Uh, yes. He's, it's ridiculous. You know, I think kind of what you laid out there, the reasons why I'm like cool if they don't pull off a deal is because I think they're in a good spot and there's like a building thing going on here. But again, none of that's guaranteed. And you might go into next season thinking that Gary Trent Jr. is going to take a step or that Precious Achu is going to take a step. And that's not always going to happen. And then you'll be sitting there thinking, damn, wish you had traded those guys off for literally Kevin Durant. You know, it's oh yeah, it's a very enviable spot to be, though, because they are not under pressure to do anything. And I think that's ultimately why I don't think Scotty Barnes is going to be included in the deal. And honestly, if Scotty Barnes is not in a deal... I can get on board with anything else, even though the Pascal thing would crush me and probably leave behind a team that's not quite ready to compete for a title, barring some crazy second year leap from Scotty. You know, I think you can make which it, is you can possible, sell that by the because, way. We, yeah. we can't we can't discount that totally. Like, I think yeah. people have made this point that like the year that the Raptors won the title, they didn't have a number two option either, right? Yeah. Kyle was not a number two option. Yeah, he had the ball and he was a point guard, but he was not the number two option. He averaged. He was like, dad. He was points. team dad. Yeah, <laughs> he was team dad, and he was like one of those like dad left for cigarettes type of dads. Because like, <laughs> you remember how much of a pain Kyle Lowry was to deal with? You remember yeah. that whole season, right? Masai had to sit him down as like, "Yo, I'll trade you for Mike Conley right now. If you don't shape up and win this championship for us, man. Stop being like I'm mad about Demar. Grow up. You have Kawhi on the team. You're about to win a championship. You're about to cement your status as the number one option, as the number one Raptor of all time with this title. You're about to have all time legacy here. You're about to have a crypto commercial." <laughs> that's what's on the line. Do you want to go to Do you want to go to Utah or do you want to go to Memphis? Like, I, honestly, I think that's probably what Masai said word for word to to, to Kyle at that point. But it's like, yeah, you know, they didn't have a number two option at that point either. Pascal's come off a season where he averaged seven points per game. They traded yeah. for Kawhi with only one year, and guess what? The opportunity was left open, and Pascal took it and ran with it, and he became that one most improved player. And by the way, I mean, like Scotty's coming off a rookie season where he won Rookie of the Year, sixteen points per yeah. game, like. How much of a jump would it be for him to jump into the number two option, especially if they're giving so much attention to a guy like Kevin Durant? Like, you have to think about these things. I think it's possible for him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, man, I, I just, again, like, I, I just, I think probably for us in the media, too, we have to acknowledge that we're a little bit biased because if we get Kevin Durant on the team, I'm not kidding, you and I will be doing a podcast every single day about Kevin Durant, oh, yeah. and people oh, yeah. will be listening like crazy. So, it's, like, I think yeah. we're biased from, like, a career perspective, too. I just want, I just want to admit that bias, too, you know? Yeah, like, I want all of my Raptors podcasting friends to get richer, baby. That's all I want. That's <laughs> exactly it, man. Trust me, Kawhi being here honestly earned us some money. Like, for real, I think it translated to financial benefits for us. Dog, they got me to write a book. I, me. Yeah. The guy who yeah. doesn't write good. Uh, yeah, I had that book. Yeah, <laughs> it's good I for got business, it for free baby. from Alex, but you know. Oh, that's that's ridiculous. I'm going to have to talk to Alex about that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just to kind of seal it all up. I know we said we were going to not talk about Kevin Durant this segment, but guess what? Sorry. Uh, the idea of also keeping Scotty and getting KD in the door is even if it's a Pascal deal, which again, that's like a more emotionally charged thing than it is like a basketball argument I can make against it because like, yeah, Kevin Durant's better than Pascal Siakam. I just like Pascal Siakam more as a dude. And you know, that's just kind of where I'm at. But if you get Scotty Barnes still on the team with KD, it doesn't have to be about next season, right? Like you, you got four years of Kevin Durant. Like you can yeah. have this thing build a little bit. It doesn't have to be that the team is a finished product next year. And if it's Pascal and all the picks, you still have OG, you still have Trent. Like there's a pretty good supporting cast there, even if there's no clear number two just yet until Scotty yeah. does take that jump. But that jump is probably coming sometime over the course 
of KD's contract. And it might be that Scotty Barnes, by the end of KD's contract, is just the best player on the team. And that's pretty awesome, too, if your second best player is literally Kevin Durant. Um, so I think we've made a pretty compelling case in favor of why the Raptors should be pretty aggressive about this again i don't think there's a right or wrong answer it's just really fun to talk about all the different angles and we'll continue to do that all week here on the show but we'll wrap it there will anything you want to promote for the good people out there uh yeah cover stories uh cover story in stores now get it <laughs> um i i did not plan this but i realized halfway through the episode that i, I have it here too right here. here oh wow what yeah, look at this go. the sure second best this. book alex wong has ever been part of the second exactly best. yeah exactly so yeah um otherwise you know just appreciate you having me on obviously this is a great tradition that we've had going on for like honestly like seven years yeah man it's been a long time yeah Although I've I never know. gotten the invite for the Raptors show, and I have Alex. Oh book. wow! I don't know what else I'm supposed to do? This is unbelievable. Mm. But well, you got to talk whatever. to Alex. He's the producer. I'm big time now. I don't. I don't, have to, I don't have to produce my own shit. You know, like I'm you don't just, deal like, with talent. Talk yeah. to my producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the ultimate bailout, too. You know. Excellent. Well, yeah, I'll uh, I'll bully Alex into letting me on your show. That'll that'll be satisfying. Just the sympathy invite. That that'll feel really mm. good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Will, thanks so much, man. It's great talking to you. Thanks to the good people out there for listening and supporting the show please subscribe on youtube and all your favorite apps uh, for free it's uh, lovely when you do that go make your second listen of the day locked on nets as they're uh, breaking it all down as it's all melting there in brooklyn with our pals adam and doug over on that podcast adam will be on tomorrow's show which should be a lot of fun as we'll kind of get the lowdown on where the nets kind of sit in all of this but until then thank you very much and we'll talk to you thursday with another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.